0: hello listeners and welcome back to another episode of our blimey cast today i'm going to talk to you about strategy i'm going to tell you three strategic actions that you can take in order to pass the iot speaking test with the scores you want with the band you want in the speaking so if i were you I would stop for a moment and listen to what I'm saying here right now, because this is utterly important for your development in your preparation. So without further ado, let's get to it. You're listening to the Blimey Cast. For more information about the Speaking Master, my online training for the IELTS Speaking Test, visit BlimeyEnglish.com. again and welcome back to Me English. Today, I'd like to talk to you about three strategic actions that you can take in order to pass the IELTS speaking test with the scores you want. I've written another article and I'm going to read it with you so we can discuss a bit more about this, okay? It is, it is conspicuous that you need to concentrate on the test details. So, First of all, at the end of this class, I will take some time and explain all the expressions and words you might not know yet. But right now, I just like to say that conspicuous is another synonym. It is an advanced word for obvious. So it is obvious that you need to concentrate on the test details, right? But you also need to build a solid plan for it. And there's no solid plan without strategic actions. Today I want to give you the three strategic actions that you should have in mind when preparing for the IELTS speaking test because these actions can put you one step forward since the very first day of your preparation. It's absolutely important and necessary to say that strategy doesn't need to be something difficult right? Strategy means to have a plan of action focused on a goal. And that's what I want to help you with today. Because tactics without strategy won't lead you to victory. i repeat that for you. Tactics, only tactics without strategy won't lead you to victory, will not lead you to victory. And when I say this, I mean it. Of course, you can find out one or two nice tricks to remember more advanced words or to help you with the things to say during the test but in the long run only tactics won't make you win the war. It means that you need strategy right now and this strategy is based on three actions that you need to achieve band 7 higher in the IELTS speaking test. That will be CLB 9 in the IELTS speaking test. So the first one, the first strategic action is to know what is expected from you, what the test wants from you, what the test and the examiner are waiting for. So the chances are that if you don't know what is expected from you, you're not going to make it. You're not going to have a road, a way, a path to follow. It would be as if you had a car to travel to your destination, but you don't know where it is. You see? If you don't have the foggiest idea of where to go, any road, any place will do. And the thing is, it's not any road that will lead you to success. When it comes to the IELTS speaking test, you need to know, you need to really know what you're doing. Maybe you're not aware of this, but during each part of the exam, during each part of the IELTS speaking test, we can come across some really perilous problems, some really serious problems. For each part of the test, part one, part two and part three. There are some specific problems and that's why you need to know what is expected from you. For example, if you don't know how the part two of the test works, you might get in trouble simply because you have no idea of what to do. Simply because you have no idea if something you just can possibly come up, something to say, something you decided it's good to say, will get the job done. You have no idea if that will get the job done. See? Truth be said, in most times, it wouldn't. In most times, you wouldn't get the level you want just by talking and talking and talking. Now. Once you know what is expected from you, the second action you need to achieve that level during the IELTS speaking test is to know what to do to accomplish it. What to do to address the questions and give what they want you to do. Now, remember that metaphor? Now it is as if you knew your destination but you still don't know what you have to do to get there. You still don't know how to drive. See? Once you find out what problems every candidate comes across during the exam, you need to know what to do in order to solve them, in order to find a solution for those problems. Then, once you know what is expected from you, And what you need to do, the third action, the third strategic action you need to succeed in the IELTS test is to know how to do it. Using that car metaphor, it is as if you knew where to go and what you need to do to get there, but you still don't know how. Imagine, for example, that in part two, let's imagine this, imagine that in part two, your examiner, Um, gives you one question and some topics for you to talk about and that you have only one minute to prepare for that, okay? Then, let's say that you have to talk for up to two minutes to answer it. Well, that is what actually happens during the test. Now, let me ask you, how would you do? What things would you say? How would you say those things? What if you don't have anything else to say while presenting your answer, while the time is still running? What would you do? See, the mere description of that scenario might cause some students to feel anxious already. And I know, I know this. It's essential that you prepare adequately for the test. And I will help you here with the first strategic action, which is to know how the test works and what is expected from you. That's what I'm going to help you with right now. So during the whole test, your level of English would be assessed, would be evaluated as a group that hinges in four categories. Fluency and coherence, grammatical range and accuracy, lexical resource and pronunciation. Those would be the criteria your examiner is using to assess your level of English during the test. And each one of them makes 25% of the test. Now, I know that some students might think, oh, my grammar is too bad. My grammar is too broken. And they can feel stressed about it. But let me tell you something. As bad as it can be, or as bad as it can seem, it would not be assessed over 25%. See? Because each part only takes up 25% of the test. Speaking about the categories, we've got those four. Let's talk about them. Let's start with the first one, fluency and coherence. Fluency is the ability of expressing yourself easily, conveying information with smoothness and without unnecessary gaps. i repeat that one for you. Fluency is the ability of expressing yourself easily, conveying information with smoothness and without unnecessary gaps. Fluency doesn't mean to speak fast fluency doesn't mean to speak fast let alone to give standard mechanical and pre-established answers fluency doesn't mean that think about fluency as the natural rhythm of your speech that's the best definition i'd find right now fluency is the natural rhythm of your speech students sometimes they try to speak fast in order to show themselves out as fluent, but they only end up running over letters and words. The thing is, if you are someone who speaks fast, then speak fast. If you are someone who speaks slower, then speak slower. Remember, fluency is the natural rhythm of your speech. Don't try to speak in a different way. Otherwise, you can jeopardize your whole fluency, your whole part of the test that is affected by fluency, that is evaluated by fluency. See? Let's talk about the second criterion, grammatical range and accuracy. This one is important to maintain your speech correct and in order. It's good to use advanced language structures, but make sure to not make an excessive use of them because that would make you sound unnatural. Focus on the correct usage of the language, always. Now, you need to learn grammar. That's one point. But you don't actually need to have your nose in the grammar box. I mean, you don't really need to learn grammar only by studying grammar. I'll repeat that for you you don't need to learn grammar only by studying grammar does it make sense to you if you spend the whole time you have to prepare just studying grammar books textbooks you're not really going to be using the language which is far more important besides listening is also a great form of learning grammar Because you get to know how natives use grammar. You get to know how they form their sentences, how they relate information in what they're saying. And also, you get that extra knowledge of intonation, rhythm, pronunciation, stress, and other pronunciation features. See? Let's move and talk about the other criterion, pronunciation. Now, pronunciation is the way a word or a letter is said. There is no need to be worried about accents here. Don't worry about my accent. Don't worry about your accent. All you need to worry about is am I able to convey information to my examiner in an effective way? That's what you should be worrying about. Candidates will not be marked on their accent, but they must pronounce the words properly, always. Pronouncing a word or a letter wrongly can affect your examiner's understanding of what you're saying. And if that happens, well, you're more likely to get marked down because of that. So try to pronounce every single word and every single letter adequately. And when I say adequately, I don't mean that you need to pronounce every single one of them. You need to pronounce them adequately, as a native would do. And I'm going to give you some examples. But first, do you remember what I've just said before? That most candidates try to speak fast and end up running over letters and words. Remember that? There you go. This is also a common problem with this criterion here. Because if you speak so fast that you cut off letters from some words, that can affect your pronunciation and that can interfere with your examiner's understanding. And I will give you two examples. The first example is the following phrase. Let's say that you want to say, it's raining a lot now. If you cut that T from the word lot, that's still okay because this is intelligible understandable and many native speakers do this as a matter of fact they say it's raining a lot now it's raining a lot now now the second example is different let's say that you want to say all my past experiences all my past experiences if you cut off that last syllable of the word experiences which is what many people do wrongly, but they do, when talking fast, that is not correct because you would be mispronouncing it and that would definitely affect your examiner's understanding. If you say, all my past experiences, all my past experiences," see, experience, no, all my past experiences, That's the way to do. So be aware of the correct pronunciation of words. Moreover, add some personality to your speech. And to do that, intonation is a relevant tool here because it makes you sound more natural. And I'll give you another example. Let's take, for instance, the following sentence. You have no idea how excited I was to see that place. You can simply say it using a flat, dull voice tone, or you can put some emphasis, uh, emphasizing and accentuating some words to make it absolutely unique, saying, you have no idea how excited I was to see that place. See? Add intonation to your speech. All right, let's move on to the last criterion, lexical resource. Lexical resource is your vocabulary, basically. Your examiner would be looking at the range and at the depth of it. And at how far you can go with synonyms and related words to talk about the same idea, to talk about the same topic. And this also makes 25% of your test. So, do not neglect The strengthening, the augmentation, the amelioration, the enlargement, the enrichment, the improvement of your vocabulary. That's a fact. But you also need to pay attention to learn new words and expressions in a correct way. So you don't use highfalutin language during your test. Highfalutin is something that is trying to seem very important, but without having a good reason for that, making you appear a bit silly, perhaps. So, if your examiner notices that you're only using isolated words and decontextualized expressions, you are more likely to get marked down because of that too. So, pay attention to this. Bear in mind, and to bear in mind is just another way to say have in mind that vocabulary also includes expressions as idioms and slang. Slang will be colloquial expressions, informal expressions. So you might want to take a look at them as well. At last, but not least, doing your preparation. Use English in your life every day. And that's what you need to do to learn it effectively. Find some activity that you can only do in English find an activity that you enjoy and that you only do in english start using the language instead of just studying it because if you make english be part of your life then it will really be it will really be now before i end this class i just like to explain some of the words and expressions i've said today in this class i've got I've made a list here for you previously, of course, but I'm going to look over them quickly with you, okay? The first one is conspicuous. Conspicuous means something that is obvious, something that is attracting too much attention that you cannot ignore, right? The second one would be tactics. Tactics is a plan of actions to do something. The third one is in the long run in the long run. This means after a long time, eventually, right? The next one would be the foggiest idea. So fog is that thick cloud um, caused by small drops of water, right? That makes it difficult to see through. So it makes difficult to see ahead. So the foggiest idea would be an idea that is difficult to visualize, right? The next one is come across. To come across is to give or to pass a certain feeling about something. If you come across something, you find that thing in a way that you might not have noticed before, okay? The next one is perilous. Perilous. This means extremely dangerous because it comes from peril. And peril also means great danger, okay? The next one is solve. To solve. If you solve a problem, you find an answer to that problem. The next one is metaphor. A metaphor is an expression that describes something or someone referring to something else. The next one is mere. Mere. The mere idea, the mere thought. Mere is something not important, something simple. The next one is... To hinge. Hinge as a verb means to fold, to connect with something else. The next one is jeopardize. This means to put something in risk. So mind the pronunciation of this one here because it's not jeopardize as I see many students saying. It's jeopardize. Jeopardize. The next one is to have your nose in the books. This means to spend much time studying something. The next one is moreover. Moreover is a connector to be used in the case of addition. So it's a synonym for you to use when you want to say in addition to that. Then you say moreover. The next one is augmentation. Augmentation is the process of making something stronger, better or more powerful. The next one is amelioration. This is the process of making something better. The next one is enlargement. The enlargement of something is the process of making something bigger. The next one is enrichment. And enrichment is the process of making something richer. Okay, And the last one is highfalutin. Highfalutin, as I've said before, is something that is trying to seem very important, but without having a good reason for it, making it silly, perhaps. That's it. I hope I've helped you today. If you liked this content, then please consider subscribing to my YouTube channel or following Blimey English on Instagram and Facebook. You. Can also listen to the Blimey Cast, which is a podcast I make for you when you cannot watch the videos. This is time for me to go, and I see you in the next videos. Cheers! You've listened to the Blimey Cast. For more content, visit BlimeyEnglish.com.